We're indebted to him. The Spirit of God's here to help us. We listen. Here tonight, maybe God's dealing with your heart, your mind. How many brought their Bible to church? It's good to bring the word, bring your sword. You never know, uh, man, when we have to use it. Uh, amen. So Romans 8, you know, the brain is an incredible piece of machinery. Uh, the brain can be broken up to three units, the forefront, the mid-brain, uh, uh, and the high brain. These three units control your ability to think, talk, feel, see, remember things, understand, walk, breathe, and much more. So we can say that's very important, right? Uh, so this... Uh, the, uh, Amen. As you, as you can see, every area of our brain is incredibly important, but I want to kind of focus in on one area in particular tonight. That's the temporal lobe. The temporal lobe tonight works like a sponge, soaking up images, places, conversation. And like a computer, it uh, internal hard drive stores and then processes what is stored through the emotions, the language, Short-term memory, understanding, learning, uh, and we can go on and on. So these uh, temporal lobes, uh, it's just like you'd put a sponge in water, all shoop, just sucks everything up. Uh, everywhere you go, things you see, conversations you hear, uh, these temporal lobes just soak all this information up. This is why we have to be extremely attentive to what we give our eyes to and what we listen to because... Uh, whether we know it or not, our brain is soaking everything up. One writer said your brains are like an iceberg. It's comprised of two parts, the part that's visible above the surface, the part that's hidden below the surface. Another writer said your brain's like tofu. It tastes like whatever it's marinated in. Another man said it's like a garden planted with many different kinds of seeds. Another said the brain is like a muscle. The more you use it, uh, and exercise it, the stronger it gets, and the more it can expand. Another man said your brain's like 7-Eleven, it never shuts down. <laughs> so whatever you compare your brain to tonight, know this. For the most part, we're in control. We have the control tonight to what we allow in our brain. And the outcome of life, listen, the outcome of life, good or bad, many times is simply the brain functioning exactly how it's supposed to be. Many people, I'm surprised how life turned out. Well, you shouldn't be. Because your brain's just absorbing uh, and processing what you've been giving yourself to, your mind to, or your eyes to, your ears to. Uh, and it just naturally processes this out. So we shouldn't be surprised. But if you don't like your brain right now, the good news is God created your brain to be retrained. In the book, Switching on Your Brain, uh, Dr. Uh, Caroline Link said, it takes three months to, uh, 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 for the brain to create new habits. She said you can actually, uh, uh, three months your brain actually, uh, it's, it's a mapping uh, thing it does, but uh, uh, habits, if you do something for three months, your brain kind of defaults uh, and begins to do that naturally. So if you don't like where your brain's at now, do something for three months uh, and it will uh, form new habits. You know, God, Jesus, the Bible, the Apostle Paul uh, has a lot to say about the brain as well tonight. So I want to look at the brain a little bit tonight out of our text, Romans 8, verse 5 through 8. Let's read it tonight. 
For those who are living according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Father, I'm asking you tonight for wisdom, direction. God, give us dominion in our minds tonight. Help us, God, learn uh, how to use our mind to bring glory and honor to your name. I pray by the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to preach what I've taught the mind, the spirit, and the blessing of God. Look first on the carnal mind versus the spiritual mind. As Christian men and women of God, we've been given power over hell, over the demonic, uh, and over unrighteousness and cleanness. Uh, as Christian men and women of God tonight, we can pray, read our Bible, we can use faith, we can be faithful, we can believe, etc., etc. As Christian men and women of God tonight, uh, uh, we decide how we're going to live uh, and what we're going to give our mind to. We have that power tonight. Uh, we have that ability. Can you say amen? And the conclusion of our decisions, the Bible says here, will lead to a carnal mind or a spiritual mind. And our text focuses in on this because we can't say, well, I didn't know. Uh, How did I end up like this? Uh, by our decisions, by what we give our mind to, uh, is going to end up one of the two ways. It says the carnal mind leads to death, while the spiritual mind leads to life and peace. Two very different directions. You can't have it both ways. Jesus said a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. You can't have a spiritual mind if you're trafficking in the flesh tonight. You're not going to be spiritual in your mind uh, if your mind is constantly in the gutter, if it's constantly in the things of flesh, uh, you can't be surprised when your mind uh, is thinking all kinds of junk. Let's break down these two different minds tonight. The carnal mind first. A carnal means fleshly, earthly, worldly, temporal, and sensual. In other words, it's appetizer for the things of this world. Uh, it has no thought of God. It has no thought of the things of God. Uh, its whole reality is the, is the now is what it can see, feel, the world that it can look at. Uh, that's the carnal mind. Verse 7, the carnal mind uh, is intimate uh, against God. This word intimate means hostility, uh, animosity, deep-seated dislike. Uh, this mind is always at war with God. It's at war with your faith. It's at war with righteousness. It's at war with obedience tonight. Uh, and Paul said it's impossible to have a carnal mind tonight and be subject to the law of God or live in the territory of God or under the sovereignty, dominion, and rule of God. So the carnal mind uh, is always resisting the will of God. And Paul said because it's carnal, it's impossible uh, to have a spiritual element to it, a righteousness element to it. Uh, it goes totally against God. It fights God on everything. Uh, uh, and that's the carnal mind, the spiritual mind we see here. Having a spiritual mind uh, uh, is your mind set on spiritual things tonight. Filled with holy desires and purposes. This mind loves church. This mind loves preaching, loves righteousness, loves faith, uh, loves obedience tonight. Uh, the spiritual mind loves the things of God. It loves uh, hearing the word of God. It loves when you read the Bible uh, that's the spiritual mind tonight. Uh, and Paul mentions both of these. Let me ask you, which mind do you have tonight? Worldly or spiritually? Let's be honest. 
bodily or yeah, bodily or pleasures and appetites, or filled uh, with holy things and godly purposes. Which mind do you have tonight? Because there had to be two there, because Paul's uh, speaking this Roman church, he has to see that in this congregation. Uh, there's people that are, have this worldly mind. They're wondering why life's all messed up. Why is life turned upside down? Why is life not working for me? Uh, and Paul said, listen, it's, uh, it's carnal. Uh, I want to be spiritual, but I got a carnal. It's impossible to have both. So which one do you have tonight? Listen, the condition of your mind will set the course of life, good or bad. Proverbs 23, 7, for as you think in your heart, uh, so is he. Let me give you a couple examples tonight. Cain and Abel, they viewed God very differently. And God used an offering to reveal what was in Cain's heart. Uh, we see Cain was angry. He's unforgiven. He's murder murderous. Uh, he's re there's a refusal there to repent. Uh, and God uses an offering. He could have used other things, but he used an offering to expose uh, the heart of Cain. Uh, and many times things expose people when they go through things. Uh, we see what's in the heart, what's in their mind tonight, uh, uh, through something that it exposes that. Talk about Esau and Jacob. Esau cared more about his flesh being uh, satisfied uh, than he did about spiritual heritage and destiny. The Bible said he sold his birthright out, uh, which meant everything to the will of God, which meant everything to his spiritual lineage. Uh, in the old tale, he sold out for a bowl of beans. Think about that. Uh, for a bowl of beans, uh, forget God. Joseph and his brothers. Joseph thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, put in prison. After 17 years uh, of great hardship and difficulty, uh, he gets out. His brothers stand before him, uh, and he said, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Look at the difference in the hearts here. Amen. In prison, you can read about Joseph. Uh, uh, many times there were challenges, uh, but he kept the mind of God, kept his heart right, uh, and that sets the course of life. What you have in your mind today, uh, what you give your mind to, listen, uh, uh, is going to have a direction for all life. Amen. Look, secondly, living in the Spirit. I believe every believer here wants to do what's right. Live for God, uh, have a good testimony, have a good marriage, be obedient, uh, use your faith, because that, that's why you're here, I'm sure tonight, because you want to do what's right. Besides what we give our minds to, there's another truth that we need to grasp tonight if we're going to be a solid, strong believer. So we know the mind is critical, having a spiritual mind uh, is critical to life, uh, becoming right and working out right. But there's another truth here that's probably just as critical. We see it in verse 12. It says, we're debtors not to the flesh, but to the Spirit. Listen, because of what Jesus has done for us, saved us from a devil's hell, uh, forgave us our sins, and has given us eternal life, Paul says we're debtors. We're debtors tonight. Debtors is someone who owes a debt uh, or somebody that's obligated to pay a debt. We have an obligation to God uh, because what he's done for us to live right, <laughs> to live a Christian life, uh, uh, to do what's right. We have an obligation. We're indebted to God. We're debtors. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. 
for you, for not your own, for your body price, the price is his life, is blood. Therefore, glorify God in your body. In Galatians 2, Paul exemplifies this, uh, uh, how he, uh, how, how he, how we're to pay the debt. Uh, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God and love who loves me and gave himself for me. So Paul said, this is how I live for God. This is because I'm a debtor to God. Uh, because what Jesus Christ has done for me, I owe this to him. Amen. So we keep our mind right. We understand we're debtors tonight. Uh, but there's an area here that we need to really, uh, we need help in. Our text says this. Or makes it very clear that we cannot successfully live for God without the help of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we know we need to keep our mind right. Uh, we're indebted, but we need God's help to do that. Verse 14, uh, Paul says, uh, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. This word led means to be shown, guided, commanded, and directed. In other words, the true evidence of the Christian life is, uh, is that we're directed, guided, and commanded by the Spirit, uh, that the Spirit of God can speak to us, amen, that our minds are spiritual. Yes, we're giving our minds to things of God. We made decisions, we're debtors. God, but now we need your help. The Spirit of God, speak to me, help me here. John 16, 12, Jesus said to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the, he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not he will not speak on his own authority, but whatsoever he hears, uh, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, uh, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that are the fathers are mine, or the father are mine. Therefore, I said he will take what's mine and declare it to you. The Spirit of God's job is to speak to you and I. It's to speak to you and I about the things of God. Uh, I mean, if you listen to prayer, God will speak to you. If you listen when you read your Bible, God will speak to you. God will speak to you at other times as well if we have an ear to hear that. Now the question tonight is, do you have an ear to hear the Holy Spirit? You know, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and I a number of ways tonight. Uh, again, He speaks to us through reading our Bible, through preaching. Through counseling, he'd do it through dreams. Uh, he even do it through objects. Uh, I believe that God will take every opportunity he can to get our attention. God will do whatever he can, uh, amen, to speak to us, get our attention, try to help us. Let me give you a couple examples. Uh, Exodus 3. God speaks to Moses out of a burning bush. Remember I said God will take every opportunity he can. I mean, that, that was an odd thing. Moses wasn't expecting that. Uh, how many times, how many, no, there are times we we're not expecting, but God will drop something in our spirit. God will speak to us, uh, and he'll make himself real to us in, in, a, in some sort of fashion, and what we do with that is up to us. But it says this, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am am I? He responds to God. God speaks to him. Uh, he's on the backside of the desert. We know he's not in the place he wants to be, uh, but God speaks to him. He has an ear for the Spirit of God, uh, and he answers, Lord, here I am. 
1 Kings 19. Uh, God speaks to Elijah in a still small voice. You know the story. Uh, amen. He's, uh, he's not in the best spiritual condition, but he still has an ear we can hear from God. It says, after the earthquake, uh, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, a still small voice. Uh, how many had all kinds of drama going around you, but all of a sudden, something really small. Yes. You're like, oh, God, thank you. You know it's God. God speaks to you. God does something. Uh, it's not the big earthquake or the fire, but, uh, but you know it's God. First Samuel 3, God speaks to young Samuel in an audible voice. In the night, the Lord called Samuel, and he said, uh, Here I am. Let me ask you again, do you have an ear for the Spirit of God? Because God wants to help us. Again, we have to keep our minds spiritual tonight. Uh, we have to understand we're debtors, but we need the Holy Spirit's help. Uh, and we have to have an ear for that. Acts 10, 13. God speaks to Peter through a vision. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything unclean or common. And a voice spoke to him again a second time. Well, God has called... Uh, cleanse, you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven. Peter responded, but he has an ear for God. We know revival uh, breaks loose in the Cornelius' house. Uh, world evangelism is opened up. The Jews not only have the gospel, but now the Gentiles have it. Uh, uh, powerful revival. But that's because a man had an ear for God. Mashing do you have an ear for the Spirit of God? Can God speak tonight and you respond to that? You know, if we end up lukewarm or just religious or get involved in sin, we can't say it's God's fault. We can never say, God, why didn't you help me? God, why didn't you make a way out? God, why didn't you stop me? We can never say it was God's fault because we see here, God does his best to get our attention. God does uh, speaks all the time. Uh, the reality is... Uh, uh, many times we quit listening to the Spirit of God, and we never did listen at all anyway. Uh, I have people come to me sometimes, they, uh, they lay it out. Uh, I say, didn't God speak to you? Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes they, well, you know, you know and they just weren't listening. You know, the church growth, uh, Amen. The church growth, this maturity, vision, fruitfulness depends on each one of us personally listening to God. It's not just the leaders, not just Pastor, Pastor Howard. Uh, it's not just them two has to get the mind of God for their. No, no, no. The Bible said each one of us have responsibility tonight uh, to have an ear. First uh, Corinthians twelve. There are different uh, diversities of gifts, but of the same Spirit. Uh, in other words, uh, there's a lot of gifts, and God's going to speak to each one of you about your gift. There are different ministries, uh, but the same spirit. There are diversities of activities, uh, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Amen. God will build His church, but God will speak to you individually uh, about things you need to be doing in the house of God, about a vision that you need to capture, direction you need to run, a, a gift that you need to begin to develop. God will speak that to you. And listen, the, the life, the maturity, the growth, the church, all depends on each one of us individually. I heard from God. 
I have people come to me sometimes. They want to get ministry. And while asking, did God speak to you about that ministry? Did God whisper in your ear about a ministry or a direction? Uh, uh, or, and sometimes it's just a challenge or something given. I understand that. Uh, but I always want, I always add, did God speak to you? Because I want to know that. Listen, if you listen close, the Spirit of God has something for you in the house of God. I people come to me sometimes, well, then, you know, just, uh, I say, listen, there's always something to do here. Don't tell me church is boring. (laughs) Don't tell me church is this, that, uh, when you ain't doing nothing. You know, we get really good at tuning out voices, don't we? Husbands tune out their wife. Wife's over there talking, and uh, he's doing his thing. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't hear a thing she said. Wives do it to husbands. Come on. I've been talking to my wife. I know she ain't listening. We can tune people out very easily. You know, people do this with God. God will speak, and you're, you're just in another world. Think of something else. Uh, God can be screaming, uh, banging on things around, and you don't hear nothing. You tune him out. There should be, there's people here, you should be in a ministry. You've been tuning, tuning out. Maybe God been doing you for a while to get involved in an area to put your hand to the plow uh, somewhere, because of, but because of other things, uh, you've just tuned God out. Saul tuned Samuel's voice out. Samuel said, hey, wait on God. And Tony gave him some direction what to do, but when Saul seen he can, uh, you know, get some wealth out of this thing, uh, he forgot all about what Samuel said. Jonah drowns out God's voice. Go to Nineveh. They didn't hear right. They went to Tarsha, tried to. Judas tuned out the Lord's voice. Remember, Jesus tried to redeem at that last minute at the table. Uh, uh, you, you're going to put your hand there. That you're the one that uh, tunes it all out. He could have repented, fell on his face. God, forgive me. I'm sorry. Uh, but he tunes the voice of God out. Listen, people sat in church and tune uh, God out all the time. You don't like what's preached, you tune it out. Get on your phone. You don't think I can see? I can see you. I'm up here looking at you. <laughs> oh, no, I'm reading the scripture, Pastor. <laughs> you know, the truth is, we don't have to fear anything that God calls us to do. When God calls us, He also equips us uh, and gives us the strength and the wisdom to carry it out. Jeremiah 1, verse 4 Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, O God, or O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me that I do not say I am a youth, for you shall go to uh, to whom I send you. Whatsoever I command you, you shall speak. But do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my lips, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations, over the in the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, uh, to throw down, and to build and to plant. He said, Jeremiah, you don't have to worry about anything. I've called you for this. 
what God calls us to do, equips us to do, gives us the strength, the wisdom. Uh, I mean, we just have to hear. Look last on God's help here. So first, we have to have a spiritual mind. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm telling you, it's sad to see Christians with a carnal mind. Because you know the direction of life. You know how life is going to turn out. Uh, but we can have a spiritual mind just as easy as we can have a carnal mind. Second, we have to have a voice for the Holy Spirit's leading. Uh, and third, amen, what makes it all worth it, I believe, uh, we get to see God's promises, his protection, his blessing, his strength, power, love. We can put some other things in there. Surrounding us, covering us, and helping us in all that we do. Look at verse 31 of our text here. What then shall we say to, the, to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? For who, uh, for who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all? How, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is who condemns? It is God who died and furthermore is risen, has also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of God, shall tribulations, distress, or persecutions, famine, nakedness, perils, or sword. Well, Paul is saying if we will serve God, do what's right, God will cover you no matter what happens to you in life. No matter what, where you're at, no matter what's going around you, what circumstances are, are floating around your life, he said if you'll serve God, do what's right, God's got your back. Paul's own personal testimony, his own personal testimony, uh, he says, uh, uh, so who, sh who shall separate us from the love of God? So tribulations, distress, persecutions, famine, nakedness, pearls. So he's speaking out of his own testimony there. Paul's been through a number of difficulties, uh, and he's telling the church, listen, uh, I've been through a lot of stuff, and he names a few, uh, but God's always protected me and helped me. That's the promise of God. You know, God meets with us in the fight, though, not on the sideline. When you stand on the sidelines, you never experience God. Amen, Me and Moe was talking the other day, Pastor Campbell, we, we were out pioneering in Fullerton, California. And the first month was there, uh, you know, it got, got tight, my wife, or got difficult. My wife got really sick. I thought she was going to die. She probably thought she was going to die. I mean, and had no job, just... We're, we're on the bottom of the barrel, man. I have no idea what to do. I called Pastor up. I said, listen, uh, this is this is the deal. Mona, uh, man, I said, she has no strength to even get up. She's lost like 40 pounds. I said, I don't have a job. And I'm wanting him to say, hey, Larry, no problem. I'm going to send you a check. All you got to do is take the bank, cash it, uh, be okay, put them on the hospital, uh, uh, pay your rent. Uh, he didn't tell me that, though. He says, you need to find out where God lives. You need to believe God. Uh, and if, I was talking to him the other day. I'm reminding him about that. We're talking. Uh, he says, yeah, Larry. He said, if I'd have bailed you out of that, you'd never experienced the miracle of God. If I'd have bailed you out, if I'd have just sent you the money, uh, you'd have never seen God move for you. Uh, now, I know in the back of my mind, Pastor wasn't going to let things happen, but he needed me to get in the fight so I can see a miracle take place. Because we stand on the sidelines, we never experience God's help. Judges 7. Gideon believes God and God moves powerfully. And it says, and he said to him, look, 
that the men do likewise, or just Gideon speaking, uh, it said the men uh, uh, do likewise, watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, uh, he's telling the folks, in other words, you do what I do, uh, and uh, what Gideon's doing, he's bringing them to the fight, they have a, uh, a pitcher in one hand, if you know the story, uh, a trumpet in the other, they don't have a sword in their hand, uh, there's 300 of them against about uh, 100,000 or more. Uh, that's not good odds, but he's going uh, to get in the fight. He's going to believe God. Uh, you do what I do, and all of these believe God together. And we know the end of the story that God caused the enemy to turn on each other. Gideon got a great victory that day, but it's because they got in the fight. We will find God in the battle, not on the sidelines. You know, Matthew 28, 18 is the battle cry. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, uh, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Well, in other words, when we go, we see the power, we see soul-saved lives changed, disciples raised up, because we go. We stay on the sidelines. We're not going to see anything. Uh, many churches today don't even think about outreaching. They don't even think about, uh, uh, you know, evangelizing. That's why they're always 20 and holding, uh, uh, and they just die off, and the church dies out. You know, don't let Satan sideline you tonight. You know, that old serpent's still slivering around uh, and speaking lies. Has God really said? How different things would have been, think of that, if Adam and Eve would have went to God right then. If Adam and Eve would have simply went to God, uh, see, there's this thing in his garden speaking, and ain't speaking right. God would have went down there. <laughs> the whole different story, wouldn't it? Well, listen, let me close here tonight. I talked about the mind. It's important how you treat your mind tonight. Because it's going to be carnal or spiritual. And it's going to set direction for the rest of your life. I, I talk to people that know they're carnal. Uh, you know, and I can't, sometimes the, the hardest thing for me is the past, I can't do anything about it. What they're giving their mind to, what they're giving their heart to, their life to, uh, is set a direction for their life. But there's others, the joy, they're spiritually minded, uh, uh, they're thinking about the things you got. They love being in church. They want to do, and you rejoice in that. Listen, how your mind is tonight sets the direction for your life. Amen. Second, do you have a voice or an ear for the Holy Spirit's voice? Are you obeying it when He speaks to you? And lastly, we find God's help me get involved in the fight. I want to challenge you tonight to get a spiritual mind. Maybe tonight your, your mind's carnal. Your mind's carnal. Be honest. Mad Pastor, my mind is not where it should be. Well, change it. Re you got to read the book, uh, Switching on My Brain, uh, uh, by Dr. Carolina Leith. Uh, she, uh, she said, you can change. She's a, she's a Christian doctor. She said, listen, you can begin to read your Bible. You can begin to pray. Keep that habit up for three months. Uh, a lot of them other things will begin just to fall off because you're your mind is meant to, uh, to redo uh, itself, reboot, whatever you want to call it. You can have a mind of Christ tonight. You can develop an ear for the Spirit, uh, and you can get God's help tonight. Amen.
It's about our heads. Every head bowed and every eye closed.